hello, welcome to the Long Island Voice of Progress, where we discuss Long Island news and topics. This is episode four, and I'm your host, Ben. So, elections are over, and thank the powers that be, Zeldin did not win. I know, right? We saved New York. Okay, okay. Well, now he is Zell Dunn. Maybe now he can take his remaining months in office to head up a cleaning campaign to remove all his signs that are littering Long Island. (laughs) Sorry, I just had to get that bit of humor in there. In all seriousness, though, I can't believe the comments that I'm seeing on social media. Well, actually, I can believe it. It's just part of me doesn't want to. I mean, literally, the morning after the election, when Kathy Hochul was announced as the projected winner, I'm seeing on my Facebook feed Republicans posting online about how, based on the, quote, district map of New York, and I quote, it doesn't look like she won. And others saying, not a chance in hell she won without them cheating. And also, I've never understand how a state can be so red and the few blue spots wins majority. These people seriously have no understanding of the difference between a district map of land and a population map of people. I felt like a broken record telling these people, land does not vote, people do. And it seriously did not sink in. These Republicans are telling me, oh, I'm capable of understanding I'm just baffled that such a small piece of the state has such power. Well, with that comment, you apparently don't understand, or you're simply willfully refusing to understand, because the concept is a very simple one to grasp, if you actually bother to try. All these Republican cult members, you know who I'm referring to, the ones that are still to this day, years later, flying Trump flags and anti-Biden flags, They will probably still hold on to those Zeldin signs on their lawns for days, if not weeks to come. And you know those Trump flags won't be coming down anytime soon either. Republicans love making a spectacle of their beliefs. And don't be fooled, that's all it is, a spectacle. They love to talk and make a big deal about their views and the values that they want to impose on everyone else, because ultimately, what they seek is conformity to their dogmas. They don't care about personal freedoms. They're mainly concerned about forcing everyone to live by their personal beliefs. In contrast, most Democrats don't fly flags other than the U.S. flag. No Obama flags, no Biden flags. For the small minority that do, once an election is over, those types of flags get taken down and tucked away, as they should be. But no, not Republicans. 
They have to act like toddlers that didn't get their way, having a temper tantrum, stomping their feet, waving their arms, screaming about how unfair it all is. I'll admit, driving around Long Island where I live, it's really disheartening to see all the ridiculous flags and the littering of Zeldin signs everywhere. But on the other hand, I have to laugh because of the mentality of it all. It's like being surrounded by screaming children in adult bodies. It's almost laughable how ignorant they make themselves look behaving this way. Many of these Republicans will literally go out of their way to attack things that have absolutely no effect on them whatsoever. Why go out of your way to oppress another person, if not because you feel some superiority to them? To argue against something that doesn't affect you at all, but that you recognize will affect people that you know personally in a negative way, that is the kind of behavior that I myself can never understand. How can people live their lives so hateful, so judgmental, and so plainly evil? I know I've said this before, but I feel like I need to repeat it often. You can all believe what you want. That is, of course, your right. You can be anti-abortion for yourself. Simply don't get an abortion. But how is someone else getting an abortion affecting you at all? It isn't. Plain and simple. Same with same-sex marriage. If you don't agree with it, fine. Don't get one. But again... Same-sex marriages don't affect you in any way either. We've had it now in New York for over a decade, and guess what? Nothing happened. Straight people are more than capable of destroying their own marriages on their own. They don't need the help from the LGBT community for that. I'm of the opinion that it all boils down to how Republicans never seem to be happy or otherwise motivated to do anything unless they have a fake enemy to target. Someone posted on social media saying that I think hits the mark. Quote, conservatism is the intense fear that somewhere, somehow, someone you think is inferior is being treated as your equal. Unquote. Think about it. Really think about all the things regarding social culture that Republicans argue about. All these absolutely insane things happening where groups of people are being targeted, being marginalized and discriminated against. In truth, it's all manufactured outrage. None of these things they complain about, abortion, same-sex marriage, etc., none of it affects them. Their fragile belief systems simply can't handle seeing anything that contradicts them. Yet they call us the snowflakes. If there happen to be any Republicans listening to this, take this as a serious comment, not a flippant one. If your belief system is so easily fractured and incensed by the mere existence of things you do not like, then perhaps you need to reflect deeply on your own belief systems and on exactly what informs 
those beliefs. If you become uncomfortable with what such reflections reveal about your underlying biases, well, then that means that you need to work on yourself as a person and stop attacking those around you. I've heard people say, I can't be a racist or a discriminatory person. After all, I have a gay friend or a black friend or an Asian friend. You can insert any of those ideas into that sentence. This is a personal pet peeve of mine. And when I hear it, my eyes involuntarily roll up so hard, I swear I can see my brain. Let me tell you something. If you can't understand why your gay friend is scared right now, then you don't have a gay friend. You know a gay person. It really infuriates me to hear that argument. The one that because they know someone of a certain type, that that makes them immune to being biased against them. These are the people who claim to your face that they support you, but then behind your back will espouse ideology to the contrary. Or they vote for people that are actively seeking to erode or remove rights from those that they claim to support and care for. As the old saying goes, actions speak louder than words. Let me be very clear here. That behavior is not being supportive. Those actions, in fact, send the opposite message, one where they do not actually care. All they are proving is that they want to maintain friendships, but have absolutely no empathy for the situations that others are going through. They are actively working against their so-called friends and loved ones, so how can they claim to support them? It is a plain contradiction. Listen, perhaps on the surface, they've convinced themselves that they do care or that they are an ally. But the truth is, and I'm talking deep down, they really don't. Because being gay or a marginalized and disenfranchised minority of any kind is not something that touches them on a personal level. And apparently, they lack the ability to empathize with those that are. They like to think of themselves as better people, but when they do things that go counter to their words of support, that is when true feelings are shown. So spare me all the LGBT and minorities as a whole, your fake platitudes and vapid declarations of support. I would rather you take all that energy and effort in lying to yourself and others, and instead be retrospective and understand your own true feelings. If you really want to support your gay and minority friends and family, if you truly feel that they deserve to be recognized as equals, as a human, as everyone else, then you would take the time to realize your own actions. You will take the time to contemplate your political motivations and your votes. You will take the time to actually do as you preach, to be that voice, be that emissary of change. You will take the time to stand by your so-called friends and family in their fight for equality. So unless you're willing to do those things, recognize that your words 
ring completely hollow. Okay, so now that I got that off my chest, let's talk politics for a moment. As we should all be aware, Democrats won the governorship and held on to the U.S. Senate seat. but unfortunately lost four House seats to Republicans. I know, I know. <laughs> Can you tell that I'm having fun with these sound effects? Okay, I promise that was my last one. We also lost one additional House seat, which was previously held by a Republican, but that was due to a decrease in population size within the state. So while overall it was not great results nationally in that we lost some House seats. It's also in the grand scheme, not all that terrible, because typically in the first midterm election after a presidential election, the party in power tends to lose quite a bit. So thankfully, this was not the red wave that Republicans kept claiming was coming. What's funny, for those that don't know, is that a red wave is actually an algae bloom. It's toxic and kills everything that it comes in contact with, which sounds quite fitting, actually, but I digress. Let's not forget how Republicans were pushing their poll numbers so hard, trying to make it sound like they were going to have a definite win. And while I will admit hearing those numbers was not making me feel comfortable at all, I also didn't put a whole lot of stock in them. You know why? Because what I found over the years is that Democrats typically don't feel the need to make a spectacle of their beliefs. And yes, I use that word again because it fits. Republicans love to be loud and make a show of their positions. They puff up their chest, pound their chest, and make bold claims of being the majority. But the truth is far from it. Democrats know the truth. We don't need to yell it from the rooftops. We don't have to strut around with flags and public polls like peacocks. The vast majority of Democrats, I believe, simply ignore those polling phone calls when they get them. So it skews the numbers in the favor of Republicans. But it's all smoke and mirrors because those polls mean nothing in reality. It's just perception. Democrats know what matters. And they went out to the voting booths to prove it. So I want to really put out a huge thank you to all of the workers out there that put in the time on election day. I want to also thank all of those people that donated their time in canvassing, phone banking, text banking, and sending handwritten mailers to get the message out. Every bit helped. But please don't think that the fight is over. Unfortunately, it will never end. We must stay vigilant. And now that we've elected our next leaders, we also have to hold their feet to the fire and make sure that they keep to their promises that they made us and lead us in the correct direction. Just because the election is over, we can't simply sit back and not pay attention. Now, 
Moving to more local news topics, Kanekwat is still sticking to their discriminatory decision in upholding their LGBT flag ban. Unfortunately, every week, more reports of intimidation and bullying of the LGBT student body filter through the community. But let me switch gears here to another school district that recently held a Board of Education meeting, Farmingdale, where many parents and teachers brought forth a concern that they are beginning to enact similar anti-LGBT actions like that of Kanekwat. Most recently, with the removal of all safe space stickers that were found at the schools. The BOE meeting, which I unfortunately could not attend in person, but I did watch it live online, I have to say was a stark difference, night and day really, in how they conducted themselves versus Kanekwat, at least from the last few that I've attended and watched online. Farmingdale actually had educational topics presented at their BOE meeting, much of which I admit I was extremely impressed with. After their regular board agenda, they made an announcement just prior to the general public comment section of the meeting, calling for inclusion of LGBT students and the promise that LGBT flags would continue to fly at the schools and would not be taken down. Now I'm going to read part of the statement from the board. Quote, why are pride flags allowed in our schools? This district pines for the day when there's no need to fly such flags because that will mean that we have accepted and respected children from the LGBTQ plus community as part of our Daler community, rather than ostracize and malign them. The pride flags are permitted in our schools to counter agendas of misinformation, to curb disturbing efforts to dehumanize children due to a lifestyle choice, and to halt contempt for these children and the LGBTQ plus community, end quote. Following that statement, many came up to speak and address their concerns over the treatment of the LGBT student body. Now, I do not have any direct information on the school environment or the culture currently at Farmingdale, but it sounded like there were some concerns from the community. So it appears that while the district speaks to inclusion and safety, perhaps there are things going on that either they are not aware of or turning a blind eye to. The removal of the safe space stickers, they claim, was because the stickers themselves had contact information for an outside agency that the school district had no control or say over, namely the LGBT network. Now, I have to admit that part of me can understand that, but perhaps this would have been a good opportunity to reach out to that organization and see if there was some sort of partnership that could be made so that if and when any student came forward questioning their sexuality or feeling like they needed help that perhaps the school district felt they could not adequately supply, those children could be referred to the services provided by the LGBT network. Now, I don't know if there are any restrictions to such a partnership, but it's worth the conversation in my opinion. We have to all remember 
that everyone doesn't have to be a specialist in everything. School districts don't need to be specialists in handling LGBT issues, but they do need to have a plan put in place to address it. And if that plan is to get another organization involved that can offer the needed support, what's wrong with that? Just some food for thought here. Now, there was one moment in the meeting that I will say bothered me personally, and that was when a BOE trustee that on two occasions referred to being part of the LGBT community as a lifestyle choice. Now, I don't know if this was simply a poor choice of words or his actual feelings, but let me be clear. As someone from the LGBT community myself, being part of this community is not a choice. It is not a lifestyle. Just like being straight is not a choice or a lifestyle. No one in their right mind would ever choose to be part of a group that is mistreated on so many levels and has to fight on a daily basis for the same freedoms and rights as their straight peers. So I say to this Farmingdale BOE trustee that spoke these words, I ask that you please take a moment to realize how offensive those words were. And that while you stood up to make a beautiful statement of inclusion, it was marred by this sentiment. Such a sentiment is degrading in nature, implying that the fundamental makeup and immutable part of our identity is a mere choice. Again, no one chooses willingly to be part of a marginalized group. No one chooses to be mistreated by society. I hope you take these words to heart and understand how hurtful they can be. Because those words alone denigrate and minimize those of the LGBT community. Ultimately, I want Farmingdale and all other school districts across Long Island to know you have an ally in me and in many across the island. You do not stand alone when it comes to the proper treatment and dignity offered to LGBT students. As I mentioned in my previous episodes, LGBT youth are four times more likely to consider suicide than their straight peers. This is not a statistic to be brushed aside in a cavalier manner. The Long Island community as a whole needs to do better. We need to protect our children, and we need to teach them that everyone has the right to be their authentic selves. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Because being your authentic self is what will help you realize your own happiness and in turn propel you in life to go after your dreams. And if there are any listeners from Farmingdale that would like to share their story with us, please feel free to email us at livoiceofprogress at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Let me leave you all with one last thought. Again, a quote from Adam Grant. 
I swear I love this guy's quotes. It's just dumb luck that he posts the perfect ones right before I do my shows. His latest quote said, quote, Authenticity is not about being unfiltered. It's about staying true to your principles. The goal isn't to voice your every opinion that you hold. It's to stand up for ideas that are consistent with your ideals. Being genuine is closing the gap between what you value and what you express. End quote. If you have any news regarding your local area that you would like to share with us, please email us at livoiceofprogress at gmail.com. This podcast is currently available on Anchor, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Tune in using your favorite streaming service. And also, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Long Island Voice of Progress. And that is a wrap. Thank you for listening. I'm looking forward to our future podcasts and guest speakers and having you listening to them. Until then, peace and love to all. This has been the Long Island Voice of Progress.